0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're all taking a deep breath because we're hearing on the mainstream media that loves the drama of negative news. The fact that we're crashing into a recession, and I'm not sure I believe it, Lou, but we'll see what the future holds when we talk to our guests. Well, that,
1: uh, I'm sure that he's got all the answers. Uh, all the economists had all the answers before this happened about how <laughs> strong how strong we are in a great economy and so on until, as uh, Chris Keel would say, until it's no longer a good market. So, why don't you do the intro and uh, let's get this uh, over with?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to be speaking with Norbert Orr, who is the Director of Industry Surveys for Strategus Research Partners. Norbert is on with us every month talking about the global purchasing managers indices that he keeps track of all around the world, along with some regional ones here in the US to give us kind of a picture of a flock of uh, starlings and where they seem to be headed. And Norbert, where's the flock of starlings headed at the moment?
2: Right now, the, the starlings are more on the ground than they are in the air.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> and so uh, we have to have to accept that uh, that fact. Uh, I, I think we're at the point where uh, we can start talking about uh, a bottom Uh, In terms of uh, manufacturing, in terms of uh, non-manufacturing, for that matter, Uh, manufacturing is uh, fairly low uh, this month comparatively to you know uh, the 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 early part of the year anyway. uh, 51.2. At the same time, that's not a, a terribly uh, bad number uh, for us to, to get overly excited about from that. But I, I really do think that uh, when we look at Europe and Asia, uh, they're right near a bottom. Uh, the, the thing I always look for is what's, what, what's the variability look like? How much change are we really seeing month over month? And right now we're seeing very little change month over month, and that's a good that's a good thing because it's starting it's right at the fifty level. These surveys are all evaluated based on fifty being the midpoint, and uh, there's very little uh, activity above and below the midpoint. Uh, there's a couple of outliers that are probably worth talking about and, and looking at them in the context of. Uh, uh, those are, are behaving differently. Uh, Germany is probably the biggest outlier, which is uh, remarkable in that uh, Germany also enjoyed some of the best times and some of the best benefits. Uh, the, the whole EU experiment uh, was built around what Germany would need and want. And uh, now we're seeing that... Uh, uh, that's a negative uh, for them. The Germany index this month is 43.2. Now uh, 43.2 represents a, uh, a real uh, change that's taken place in Germany That uh, uh, and, and the German auto industry is a big part of it. Uh, globally auto sales of, are not as strong and where they are strong, it's generally because there's discounting so heavily uh, the product that uh, they um, uh, the, 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 it's not a highly profitable business for them, uh, and nor for their supply chains uh, from doing that. Uh, another outlier, as far as uh, uh, the uh, supply or as far as the PMI is concerned. Uh, was uh, U- U.S. non-manufacturing, which uh, uh, we'll talk about in a little bit in a minute, but uh, uh, it's uh, held up extremely well. And there's a case of where we see dramatic strength uh, in uh, non-manufacturing and carrying uh, much of the U.S. economy with it uh, you know, as we do that. But uh, to start on a little bit on a more positive note, uh, guys, um, just looking back, we've created since January one point two million jobs in the u s economy that's uh, uh, non uh, uh, farm payroll one point two million jobs in seven months uh, by anybody's standard uh, that's a, a strong performance as far as that sector is concerned, and it's carrying things. Uh, the NMI has averaged 56.4 for that same seven-month period. Uh, we also see the NFIB data came out. This is the National Federation of Independent Business data, and this is a, uh, th- this is one of the very keys, in addition to the ISM series, uh, that that we follow because nfib has uh uh, it's it's at a 103.0 this month uh and is a good indicator that small businesses are doing quite well and uh should continue to do well uh small businesses uh have been carrying the economy uh but it, it uh uh I'm looking at my chart uh, and I think I said 103 and I wrote it down wrong. It's at 104.7 and that's up from 103.3 and since the first of the year it has averaged uh, 103, that's what I was looking at is the, the average is, is 103, but this month was above average at uh, 104.7. So. Uh, Small business hasn't changed its mind at all about the recovery,
1: Uh, about
2: the investments that they make,
1: uh, and so on. Norbert? Yes, uh, sir. I I, I hear what you're saying, and I've heard this um, similar uh, optimism from uh, other economists, and I, I... You know, I've been in the metals industry 55 years. I think I've gone through 12 recessions, and they're never pretty, and they always start basically on one day. There is that one day where all of a sudden all the good stuff that everybody talks about, all of a sudden it ends. And actually I thought it was the other day. I thought, oh, here it goes. It's happening. And then the media gets involved, and they start self self. Uh, uh, what's the expression, Tim? Um, they they, it's they talk us into right. They talk us into a recession because right. everyone starts to get scared. Uh, People, uh, companies, say, oh well, maybe maybe I don't need those extra five employees. So let's wait and see. Um, so, as I've said, I've gone through twelve recessions, and they all start basically in a couple of days. Yeah, and you know. You and others, you're playing with all the numbers and trends of the past. But the past, I'm not sure, has a lot to do with the immediate future.
2: Yeah. Well, certainly uh, uh, uncertainty can unravel a business cycle uh, faster than anything else. But at the same time, we have to go back – Lou and look at other uh, recoveries and what was what was driving that recovery uh, mm-hmm. downward. You know, uh, 2007 with Lehman Brothers, et cetera. That's easy to explain. Uh, okay. The Y2K recession is fairly easy to explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we talked ourselves into it, so. Uh and that tends to be uh, uh part part of the equation is that we wind up uh talking ourselves. Uh then after Y two K uh business confidence didn't come back. Uh and so it was a very slow recovery in uh, in two thousand and three, two thousand and two, two thousand and three, and finally in uh two thousand and four things really came back strong. Um, so uh, what, what, what causes this? Uh, the, the yield curve doesn't cause it. You're, all you'll hear right now is, well, uh, the yield curve, curve has predicted the last uh, uh, number of recessions. Well, th- that inversion is just, you know, right now uh, I think the inversion is coming from the number of people that are investing in the U.S. Uh, 30-year notes. Right, because Europe is so unstable, paying uh, negative interest, and right. so we're building something around that. That uh, the yield curve, I don't think is uh, is presenting the challenges that that, that we're seeing. Um, there's no doubt that the tariffs are playing a role in all of this. Uh, that's a, 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 a gamble that uh, uh, hopefully uh, they'll be able to, to bring a settlement. I, if we haven't established anything else with all the negotiations that have gone on, it, we, we really have established that maybe long-term the Chinese aren't good people to be partners with.
1: And well, that, the, be, that, may be, that may be the case. We've allowed them to get away with a lot of things that they've been getting away with. Uh, I think that uh, my personal feeling, and I'm not talking political at all, I'm just looking economically, there might have been a better way to do this than putting tariffs on the American people. The tariffs are not on the Chinese. And uh, uh, the administration is bragging about the $60 billion uh, collected just in the first quarter. That's a quarter of a trillion dollars annualized, taken out of our economy. And that, to me, it, it's it's absurd.
2: Um, I, I I understand where you're coming from, and, and I certainly respect your viewpoint because you're in there every day seeing what's going on and seeing how it's affecting the, the metals industry. Uh, That's correct. From that so I, I you know i can't uh, uh i I can't say you you're you're wrong about that. I can say that I'm hearing anecdotally uh that a lot of these tariffs are n- not getting paid uh by by the uh the u s consumer that uh, uh, people are uh you know with the dollar moving the way it has okay. that uh, we don't see uh, anywhere near the amount of uh, uh cost being deferred onto the end consumer um uh, th- that we have um the thing is well, because, th- this is some of uh, yeah the the question is sometimes and, it's happened. yeah uh the the question is uh how uh uh how do we get through this uh can we get through it I, I, I don't know personally uh, of another way of doing it other than using the tariffs as a, as a leverage point uh, we, with our economy in good shape we could afford to do that for a while and it looks like it's it's working to a degree uh, I'm, uh, we're, we're moving a lot of uh, production out of China uh, I personally don't think they're a um, a, a, a They're a partner that we can build our future around uh, that uh, no matter what we do they're going to stab us in the back um, with uh, um, uh, doing business the way they have uh, intellectual property issues, all of those things
0: and I think
2: the best thing we can do is is build a world without them in it uh, in terms (laughs) of, of global manufacturing and and what we can do um, so i I'm with you uh, but I, I think this uh, uh, you had one one person who uh, was committed to this uh, any uh, of the politicians that we know we've had in recent years first of all would have probably never taken China on. And and secondly, uh, uh, had they taken them on, they wouldn't have stayed with it.
1: And uh, right
2: now, the worst thing Trump could do is not stay with the plan. Uh, As it hurts, uh, I'm amazed uh, the number of farmers that uh, have just said, uh, we're we're behind this. And and I got uh, – since I work from home, I have a chance to watch some of the network news and everything. And, and yesterday, I, they had one of the farmers on. They said we want, uh, want to talk to you about, you know, the impact of the uh, trade trade uh, uh, negotiations. Uh, how how badly are you losing? Uh, Going forward, uh, and and uh, how how bad is you know is your business profitable now? Is your farm profitable? And the guy said, "Oh, we're in good shape." He said, uh, "Back in February, uh, I hedged all of my crop, so I knew exactly I know exactly what my price is going to be when I uh, uh, harvest in the fall." And it's not as good as I would have liked to have had, but it's also not anywhere near as bad. Right now, it's the speculators that are taking the hit, the people right. who came in and bought the
1: contracts.
2: And but, you know,
1: there are two problems uh, that I see. One is this, this is causing a disruption in the supply chain. And once a new customer, once a customer starts buying goods in another country because of quotas or, restri- or restrictions or tariffs, they don't undo the new supply chain. So accordingly, uh, as of, I think, last week, China said 80% of the uh, good, uh, soybean goods that come to China from the U.S., they're not going to take any more. So yeah. where, are we going to, where are we going to sell that 80% of soybean? Uh, they're not that good in the first place. Uh, but where are we going to sell them if China chooses to effectively change their, uh, their, their lifestyle? And we, we don't need soybeans anymore,
2: uh, according to them. Well, the, the, the report that I saw yesterday, this was a soybean farmer. <laughs> And he he was the one that was saying, you know, hey, we uh, uh, farmers are, are, the, are the you know the real gamblers are uh, running farms in the United States. They're not in Las Vegas at the crap tables. Right.
0: Yeah, you're right about that.
2: And right. but one thing about it, these guys understand uh, the power of hedging. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you'll find that they're one of the reasons they're not screaming from the rafters is um, that uh, they have hedged their positions and protected themselves. So, how many and how much I I, I don't know. We'll see when all of this is uh, this is over. Uh, I'd like to see it over because uh, uh, I think we're we're getting close to a dangerous level. At the same time. Uh, the Chinese
1: are very close to that level, also. Right, right. Let me ask you uh, uh, one one last question, and I'll let Tim talk. Um, hey, maybe <laughs> they're oh, Tim Talk and Ted Talk. It's close, but no cigar.
0: I'll uh, work on it.
1: Would a would a uh, quota system have worked perhaps better
2: rather than tariffs? Oh wow! Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, the problem with the quota system is then you have somebody that has to determine the quota, and uh, uh, I don't know that I don't know that it would have worked any worse, but I also don't know that it would have worked
1: any better. Well, one thing for sure, the American public, John Q he wouldn't be paying extra money because of a tariff. Right. And so the American public, according to the administration, is going to pay a quarter of a trillion dollars this year in paying off the tariffs. Meanwhile, the people believe it's China, and it's not true. They've done a great con job. i like i vote for quota
2: <laughs> well they uh, uh, there there's probably gonna be if there's a second term there's probably room at the commerce department for a, a, uh somebody with a a commitment to a different direction or whatever uh, Yeah. but well, we'll, we we it, it is where we are, and uh if we get back on uh uh, survey issues and so on, I can tell you that uh, uh, the surveys have pretty, are pretty well bottoming out. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start to see things uh, get a, a little bit better uh, because uh, we're hitting that bottom. Uh, and, you know, in a change index like we're looking at, uh, you, you get to where you have um, – uh, Um, the uh, expansion growing and then the expansion starts to contract and it gets down to a point and you hope that it's right around 50, that it uh, kind of sits there a little bit and and then it starts to gather some uh, additional momentum uh, from that. Um, As you know, I work out of Atlanta uh, and uh, I I was on the uh, state of Georgia development Uh, Board uh, Website this past week And Mm -hmm. uh, In the month of August They opened five new plants in the state of Georgia All uh, uh, With uh, Employment of more than 100 employees
1: That's uh, That's bold
2: You're not going to hear that In the press No I didn't hear a thing about it I just just happened to
1: if it doesn't bleed it doesn't lead. <laughs>
2: right uh... Well, Norbert...
1: so there, there's those
2: things that, that are going on but but again i, I think uh... non-manufacturing held up well uh... manufacturing is is okay uh... uh it, it hurts uh... but i think uh, ultimately uh... it's going to be uh, a better situation because of that and now that we're where we are uh, You either go forward or go backward, and going backward would be a mistake.
0: Uh, Norbert, I'm just curious. uh, A a number, I think, uh, it could have been Brad Holcomb, who was your successor, or Tim Fiore, who was his successor at the ISM, mentioned that when the GDP drops below 2.0, it's in the one-something range, that manufacturers are pretty well hunkered down. Not building plants, not a lot of capital investment at that level. Is that accurate? Uh,
2: and, uh, you know, uh, w- one of the things we have to we, we, we quite often don't talk about, but it's it's always existing there, Tim. Is uh, at what level is uh, manufacturing growing versus the rest of the economy? And the reason we measure manufacturing is because change happens quicker at that point uh... so for the overall economy to be uh... uh contracting uh... the uh... My manufacturing index would have to be down at forty two point nine somewhere around there and so we're obviously nowhere close to that uh... fifty is at the point at which uh... uh manufacturing is contracting Whereas the 42 point9 is where the overall economy is contracting, so we have a, a, a pretty good spread there uh, of uh, uh, of growth uh, or contraction uh, that's from that. So uh, yeah, uh, we see capital uh, tends to to drop off at that level. Uh, frankly, I think this uh, capital cycle got shorted. Uh, because of the tra- tariffs and so on, that uh, uh, um, I don't know what they what 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 they thought would happen, uh, but uh, I think uh, uh, they they didn't allow that the Chinese would be as self-destructive as they <laughs> uh, as they are through all of this, uh, and. Uh, uh, you know the, the the basic difference is: uh, Are you a capitalist or are you a communist? And uh, <laughs> if you're a communist, you you uh, you you uh, say, okay, everybody can suffer. Uh, and a capitalist is saying, oh well, we don't want anybody to suffer, and, especially uh, the rich, and, and especially uh, <laughs> the, the 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 wealthy uh, uh, from that. So. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the capital cycle isn't as long. Uh, you know, part, part of all of this, our, you know, our problem is coming out of the EU, that they uh, uh, have tried to um, uh, lower interest rates, now got them down to a negative level, those have implications on the dollar and and what uh, what we expect to see out of the dollar so um i think the administration has has probably got I heard them talk uh, this morning about the idea that uh uh we would have maybe uh a, a small uh agreement as opposed and opposed to trying to get every every last thing in place that uh that uh, uh, that they'd like to have, um, and, and again, I think all it does is identify uh, uh, the fact that uh, we 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 shouldn't uh, necessarily count on the Chinese as uh, uh, good trading partners.
0: That may, in fact, be true, uh, and we'll find uh, out uh, a little bit more next month. I mean, we're going to be talking with Tim Fiore and Anthony Nieves from the Institute for Supply Management around the first of the month, and we'll see if, in fact, the PMI is floating around 50, still above, hitting that bottom. We hope you're dead on on that one, Norbert. Yeah. And then in the middle of next month, we'll see where yours is at. I know that you're... Newest survey is out, and you're constantly gathering this information. So I just want to remind our listeners that if you want to participate in this survey and actually get the survey data ahead of the pack, contact Norbert Orr at uh, is it N or at
2: N N O R E at strategus strategasr dot com.
0: And so yeah. Ben and participate that's where they get a hold of Norbert, and he'll have a couple of questions for you. I want to make sure you're a manufacturer because that's the point of the survey. And you get two reports for free that are just really in-depth, and Lou and I pour over them every month. And that's why we have Norbert on the show is to be able to share this data. And, Norbert, we appreciate you being here on Manufacturing Talk Radio.
1: Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you, Norbert, and have a good
0: month. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And talk to Norbert again soon. So, Lou, there's the long and the short of it. We're going to twist in the wind for a month here. You've always said, and I've working with you for 25 years, have seen it consistently, that September is the next pickup month for manufacturing.
1: After the 15th.
0: After the 15th. So. Yeah, there's
1: vacations and kids going back to school and routines and, you know, new seasons. Uh, I find that September is one of the more radical change months that we have. Uh, But the good news is that by by the end of September, you're really cooking. Uh, That's in normal times. I don't know what normal times is anymore. Uh, right. I some of my peers in the manufacturing business. Uh, it was more predictable than not. Uh, right now, the only thing I would predict for next month's PMI numbers is it's go. here it is, folks. You're hearing it here first. It's going below 50. We will be in contraction. That's all for me, folks. <laughs>
0: And on that cheery note, we'll wrap up this episode of (laughs) Manufacturing Talk Radio. We certainly appreciate all of you listening and coming into our website at mfgtalkradio.com for past shows and current news stories, Lou. And
1: I would say that if anybody would like to make comments directly to me about my comments, go to uh, text me a message, radio66866. I'll answer every one of your questions. I'm just asking. I, I feel like I don't have enough to do, so I, I need to
0: have it my own. <laughs> thumbs okay. thumb- need some exercise, so we'll keep them going. And, again, everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio.
1: Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com.
2: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.